Welcome to the Genuine Gals Podcast, where we talk about real shit in a fun way. Just two gal pals talking about life like we're out to lunch. Let's get into it. All right. Welcome to this week's episode. We are so excited for you guys to be here because we have a really special guest. She is just all things, man, life coach, astrologer, (laughs) like, gosh, she's just got so much going on. And she is one of my favorite people to consult and really just an awesome friend, truly genuine gal. So we get into a lot of different things, but yeah, let's get into it. Okay, Chelsea, welcome. We're so excited that you're here. Um, I just, it really just makes sense that you're here to us too. Um, so, you know, Chelsea, okay, I don't even know where to start with how we know each other. <laughs> I think we just kind of came through a battlefield in our in our work life and Um, We stayed connected for various reasons, I think, um, for need, but then for also it it blossomed into a friendship. Um, It was a friendship before, and then it, you know, we we just kind of went through this long kind of path together. But Chelsea was kind of one of those people when I first came to Dallas and my job, actually, no. I was here, like, it was like a year after. Mm -hmm. I think a year after you moved to Dallas. Yeah. So then... After that, we had a, a mutual boss in the mix of things and just bonded over life and life circumstance. And of course, boys in our dating lives. <laughs> and um, she planned my wedding. Um, the only person I would not only trust, but also have the same meticulous detail that I have to plan my wedding to where I could actually enjoy my wedding. So <laughs> that was um, fun. And I hope you thought it was fun too, even, that though was was, fun. even though it was a million degrees outside, but it was, but it was a good time. Yeah. So anyways, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself to everyone. Yeah. So I'm Chelsea or Chelsea Holmes. Um, I am an intuitive astrologer and tarot reader. I am an active dabbler in many, many things. So my <laughs> brand is called This Woo Woo Stuff because it encompasses not only astrology and tarot, but I also do energetic space clearings. Um, I do have a life coaching certification because I wanted to make sure I could ethically provide advice um, in a lot of ways, but I will tap into that life coaching side of me um, professionally and with friends all the time because you just can't help it. Um, I am a astrologer first. So I will tell you, I am a cancer sun, a Sagittarius rising and a Pisces moon for those of you that follow astrology and in human design, I am an emotional projector. Um, so those are kind of my calling cards for the woo people listening to this podcast. Um, so yeah, I know Cami for a long time now, like six years, maybe. Mm-hmm. um, we met working together for mutual boss and then we just stayed connected as friends over the years and, um, have kind of crisscrossed back and forth working together professionally along our friendship, but also our just great friends. Yeah. So then I met Gail through Cami at her wedding, which Cami mentioned I planned and executed in a 100 degree July, Texas day. Um, but it was beautiful and well worth it. And then, um, have since, um, read astrology for Gail. 
um, and have given, you know, cami readings along the way for the last few years as well. So yeah, um, I also live in Dallas, Texas. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've moved around the country quite a bit for my last corporate career and for about 10 years, 10, 12 years in my corporate life, I did a lot of program management, people management, leadership development, training and development. So that's my kind of background. And then I was like, you know what, we're just going to quit our job and be an astrologer full time. (laughs) So last year I did go full time with this Lulu stuff. And now I do uh, readings both virtually and in person in Dallas, Texas for all things astrology for tarot. I do private events and parties. So um, I love to do that and read for a whole bunch of people in a fun atmosphere. And then I also have a weekly podcast of my own called Weekly Wheel with Chelsea. And it's just a little astrology forecast for the week ahead, usually 10 minutes or less of what you need to know to navigate the week. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Well, that's a great synopsis. Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to start. So Cammy, if you have a thread to yeah. start on, okay. I I actually would love to kind of poke at the thread of what does it take to start your own business? Ooh, um, a lot of balls, <laughs> <laughs> courage, um, a little bit of Delulu in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's not for the faint of heart is what I will say often. Like confidence, I feel like has got to be key. And also just really coupled with confidence is because you can have confidence and not believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's like a bad combo, right? I feel like you really have to believe in what you're doing Mm -hmm. and have not just a passion for it, but then Mm -hmm. also like knowing that this is serving the greater good for a bigger purpose, I think is usually what I get from you. Absolutely. It's something where it kind of evolved in a way I was, you know, reading for friends. And then I was reading for friends of friends and friends of friends wanted to pay me for my services. And at the time I was like, okay, sure. And I had not even thought about it, didn't know. And then I started to, you know, like, yes, you can pay me. I understand that I'm bringing significant value with my expertise. Um, and over time I realized, wait a minute, I'm actually making enough money. It's where I don't want to be in trouble with the IRS. So let me make a little LLC, see what that looks like. Um, thankfully here in Texas, it's real easy and kind of went through that process while still working full-time for at the moment, a nonprofit doing leadership development. Um, and then it sort of evolved more and more towards spending more and more of my time doing that. Um, brought in more and more clients. And so then it was really um, picking the pieces together of what it takes on the operation side of a business, Mm. along with the passion, what is the expertise that you're bringing? What is the service that you are bringing to the world? And I think that's the harder part of having your own business is not only having that passion, that drive, that excitement, that want to bring something into the world that helps people, but also I love, so like selfishly, I'd just do it all day, all the time if I could anyway. Yeah. But then there's also the, how do you make an LLC? What does bookkeeping look like? How do you take payments? Do you have a website? It's really, when I say it's not for the faint of heart, it is partially because you have to sustain yourself, right? We hashtag capitalism. We live in a world where you got to make money and pay bills. 
but there's also a part of it where it's very much, okay, you are your own marketing team. You are your own social media team. You are your own accountants. Like there's a lot of this stuff when you are a one woman show LLC where you wear a thousand hats. And I will say I am incredibly grateful that I've had so many experiences along the way in my professional career to where I was set up really well to do all of the facets of those things. Um, I don't think that's super common. So most of the time it's a little more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And people will bring others with expertise, like a CPA or whatever in for your small business. But um, right now I'm still a one woman show. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that that it comes from such a genuine place of just wanting to help. And I think that that is usually where people like start. Right. But then I also think that it's where people fail at the same time, like you're saying, because they, they can't wrap their mind around whatever, all the other stuff Mm -hmm. too. And they're going to be in the red for so long Mm -hmm. that the checks and balances don't make sense to then pursue perhaps. Right. Like that's like a lot of, like, especially someone like you, and I'm, I'm putting this out there because I think it's a good frame of reference. By no means were you rich. By no means did you have a large savings. (laughs) Yeah. Your girl is not wealthy. (laughs) Um, once, you know, not to say I have not figured out how to take care of myself. Um, a tiny snippet of my past life. Um, when I was very young, I was very poor with my family. And so I know how to do poor really well, which sounds strange. Um, but you learn how to stretch a dollar and stretch it over and over again. And I have needed to flex that muscle a lot in the last year and a half since starting my business. So I did have a tiny bit of savings, really enough to float me for about six months. Um, but I do also have a couple of side hustles, things like planning and executing Cammy's wedding, um, doing that for other close friends. I also have a couple of um, business consulting sort of uh, gigs that I do consistently um, from my past life in corporate that help me to like pay my rent and make sure my dogs get fed uh, so that I can continue to pursue my business. And I think that's something that you'll find with most one person small businesses is you are often working multiple jobs and multiple revenue streams to be able to make it happen. And that's something where it, the burnout can get very real, very Mm -hmm. fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's why it's, you have to hook on to your larger picture of I'm doing this because I love it. And I'm doing it because I know every single time I give a reading that client walks away, needing getting the things that they needed, getting some help and getting some perspective in their life that they were looking for. And so you kind of have to hold on to that, um, on the harder days. Um, but yeah, you're right. I started with, you know, enough savings to float myself for a little while, but that did not float me through when I was consistently making enough. And I do still have, um, a couple of sort of those side gigs, side hustles that, um, help me to pay my bills in some of the slower months of my business. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously end goal is to be consistently with this woo woo stuff all the time. Um, but I know I started off with, Hey, I'm a dabbler. So I actually don't mind having a couple irons in the fire most of the time. So, yeah. Well, do you, at this point in the game, is it worth it? Oh yeah. Still worth it. Well worth it. Um, it's some days it's easier to say that than others, but it consistently overall is still well worth it. Good. Oh yeah. Anyways, Gail, over here.
Tell me what you think about. So while you were talking, two ideas popped into my head and one I'm sure you're familiar with and you clearly embody it, but the literature on people who are successful in entrepreneurial you know, processes, mm-hmm. they tend to be high in creativity, mm-hmm. high in conscientiousness and industriousness, and then other factors, personality factors, right? Psychological personality factors. Also they're high in, but those are like the main three ones. And I think maybe IQ might be one as well, but regardless, I live in the Bay area where it's like the land of you know, people (laughs) trying to make it, uh, in that way. And there's a ton of failure Mm -hmm. and usually they're missing the industriousness, which is like Mm -hmm. the discipline, like you were talking about making sure things come out on time. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious a, what you think about that. And the other thing that popped into my head was it sounds like the, the, I don't know how much astrology subscribes to like the divine or like the muse, but it, it sounds like to me, the muse was like, Hey, this is a thing that is being born like through you, you know, this, I, this idea, this gift, and you can be obedient and, and run with it. Cause as you were describing it, it sounded like it just started happening. Like people were coming to you and you could have said, no, you know, I'm going to stick with what's comfortable, but it sounds to me like you were almost it's like the, this divine, they call it the muse in like Greek mythology. I'm sure you're familiar, but it just gives you a choice. Like either you can follow this or, you know, you can stay comfortable. So those are the two things that popped in my head. I was wondering if you had any ideas or thoughts. Yeah. Um, so of course my brain thinks in astrology. <laughs> so for the first question that you asked, um, yes, that is a big part of it where you have to be willing to sit down and actually do the work. Um, and be industrious. And for me, for those astrology nerds out there, um, I have a Taurus sixth house. So stability is really big in my day to day. So I'm great with some of those routines. And so for me, it's sort of, okay, every Friday I do my books. Cause that's a Venus day. Every Mercury, I do like the heavy writing stuff, or I say Mercury, every Wednesday is Mercury's day. And so I do a lot of my heavy writing because that's associated with Mercury. Venus is associated with money, which is why I do my financial stuff on Fridays. So I, of course, take a woo astrological lens to the way that I work my time and will schedule myself fairly often. Um, But it kind of helps me to stay more stable when I have those routines um, as somebody with a Taurus 6,000. Um, I also have realized, and again, I'll drop a little more astrology. I have a Leo Mars, which means my actions and my drive is very tied to being seen in the world for those things that I'm doing and often being a leader, which certainly translated a lot in my corporate career. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I've realized if I set myself a deadline, I'm going to tell y'all about it on Instagram or about my podcast. So I'm beholden to y'all and being seen for that action just as much as I am getting it done on my own. So Mm -hmm. um, every single human is different with your own astrology chart and how that works well for you. But that can be really hard, especially when I am juggling a lot of jobs, side hustle work, having being a human, um, (laughs) trying to have a personal life and friends and all the things occasionally dating, you know, um, it can be tough to kind of not reach the point where you get overwhelmed paralysis because there's so many things to do and so much on your plate. 
Um, so kind of sticking to my structure is, um, what I found works well for me, but it's something that I know is really challenging because you mentioned a lot of people who are solopreneurs or entrepreneurs are more creative types, um, more conceptualizing the ideas, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's for me, I've been able to figure out my balance. Um, but I know that's certainly a challenge. And then the other question you asked about, um, following the muse. I love the way you said that. So I do think that, um, it just became sort of this duh, of course, kind of moment. Like I, it got to the point where I realized I was going to be doing this for the rest of my life. And people will ask me, well, what about retirement? And I'm like, y'all, if I can be 90 and still giving readings, I'm going to be so happy. (laughs) Maybe not the frequency that I do currently with a full-time business, but Um, it's something where I realized like I could not imagine not doing this. And so it was just such an, of course, sort of moment. And then I started to layer in more and more and more and eventually got to where I was doing it as an LLC as full-time, you know, as I can right now. And so, yeah, it was very much a calling. Let's let's talk about like (laughs) before too. Like, I feel like you lived 30 plus years of your life, Mm. not doing this. So Mm -hmm. what what was the switch? I guess. You could yeah. Say. So, um, I did grow up in a more, uh, conservative area with a more Christian conservative household. And, um, it wasn't necessarily taboo to be for astrology, but it wasn't like there was no real concept, I guess. Um, I will say I had to, what I say is come out as woo, uh, to my family. It was like six months after I'd already had my business <laughs> because I think I needed the courage, um, factor of having a successful ish business at the time to be able to even say that as soon as I dropped the word tarot, my mom just started spitting Bible verses. I'm like, we're cool now. Everything's fine. I've actually given a reading to my mom at this point in the last few years. Um, so everything's great. But yeah, so for the beginning of my life, I always read my horoscope. I always loved that. I always was like, I'm a cancer and loved sort of the astrology factor, but I didn't deep dive into my learning until I was in my thirties. And I think it was just something that I never really um, dug further because it wasn't totally okay growing up. Um, And then into my thirties, I hit my Saturn return which is a big milestone moment. It's when you like technically become an adult as an astrologer. I do love the meme that says I will not date any boy that hasn't done their um, Saturn return. Oh no, no, (laughs) like no. Yeah. And it's so funny. I read for some 25 year olds um, yesterday and they were the cutest things. And they were like, like meeting my partner. And I'm like, y'all, you are still in adolescent phase in astrology. You're fine. I promise you have time. (laughs) Promise. Um, but I hit my Saturn return and it was a wild ride of awakening. I was married in my twenties. Um, I got divorced with my Saturn return and it sort of was this moment of, I don't know who I am. And so I started to look at avenues of how can I figure out more of who I am? And so I went back to astrology and realized it is infinitely more than just, I'm a cancer. So that was the catalyst of my learning and kind of trying to dig back into who am I going to be in this world as Chelsea, as Chelsea, um, when I am no longer Chelsea, the wife, Chelsea, the person who is married to her career as well. Like if I am not these things that I identified so closely with, then who am I as just me? And astrology was sort of the tool that I 
first fell into um, and made so much sense to me. So that's kind of how I started to learn through it. And then I learned astrology for probably two years before I got into tarot. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Talk to, talk to us about when you say the tool, mm-hmm. because I think the, the correlation between having a Christian faith, mm-hmm. if you still do, uh, you can talk to us about that too. And then talking about astrology as a tool, coupling with that. Cause I think you went into a couple different avenues. Yeah. Like explain that yeah. to us. Yeah. Okay. Um, and your viewpoint. I think that your viewpoint is really cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thanks. So <laughs> I did grow up in the church and, um, I'll drop again some astrology. I have a Saturn conjunction to my ascendant. And I also have a Uranus conjunction to my ascendant, which means I love both the innovative and free, um, thinking of the world. All of this is in Sagittarius, but I also love tradition and structure. So for me, growing up in the church tied into that tradition and structure and ritual of it that I loved so much. I grew up um, Anglican, so real close to being Catholic. Um, and there's a lot of ritual in that. There's a lot of like, you kneel here, you'd stand here, you sing this song at this place. And I always loved that part of church for me. I, um, that's rare. It is rare. It's super rare. I would go to like the 8am service with all of the 80 year olds, because it was like so much more high church than like, don't give me a praise band. Give me an organ. (laughs) Like I loved So my Saturn ascendant showing. And so that was the part of church that I loved. I also had all of my best friends growing up in like my youth group kind of thing. So those were the facets that I appreciated. Um, I now have a perspective where I feel like it's a little more limiting. I think that um, religion and the way that um, we experience religion in this world is kind of our like cute human attempt at <laughs> creating structure around something that is just fully unfathomable. So, um, you know, if my parents are listening to this, like, sure, yeah, I'm Christian. Um, but I don't think I necessarily subscribe to any organized religion at this point in time. I think that it's just so much bigger than that. So, yeah. And, um, it's funny you mentioned the word tool uh, because astrology, oftentimes people will say, well, I don't believe in astrology. And I will say, great, because it's not a belief system. <laughs> so some people will ascribe sort of a deity like presence to the planets, to the stars and kind of interpret astrology in that way. And that's wonderful. Um, but that is not how I use it. Um, astrology, tarot, to me, they are tools in my tool belt to understand the world around me, how I'm interacting in the world, the people that I give readings for. It's um, a language. Yeah. And so it's a way like I always talk about how with my woo friends, it's so nice because I will spend like half an hour trying to explain somebody that I met to a friend. Or if I'm with my woo friends, I'll say, oh yeah. So they have Mars and Scorpio and their son is trying to blah, blah, blah. And they'll be like, oh yeah, got it. Within one <laughs> sentence because it's a language. And so with astrology, I feel like it's just a different way of looking at things and being able to go back and describe it. And tarot is kind of same, same, but different. So I use them as tools in my tool belt to help people understand their world, their life. No, I love that. I think my husband asks me all the time, like, what is this? What are you doing? (laughs) And I'm like, listen, I still believe in Jesus. 
I just use this as a tool to like help guide me through life because I think that life is hard enough as it is. And I do think that God did provide the planets and the stars for all kinds of different uses. I mean, the North star is a big part of his story. So mm-hmm. like, there's just so many different things that I, I don't think we should just be writing off, you know, like let's mm-hmm. look into it. So, um, that I can definitely also kind of come in with you on that one, as far as like Christianity as a whole, like there's so much that I think we don't, um, quote unquote subscribe to maybe Mm -hmm. in that faith, if you will. And I always said, listen, think, call me whatever you want to call me. I just love Jesus. Like that's all I got for you. And like, I believe in that. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it, I just, it's, they're all tools. And I love Mm -hmm. that God provided us with tools. That's all that I can think. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that there are different vantage points, if Mm -hmm. you will, of just whether you call it Jesus, God, higher power, the all knowing, Mm -hmm whatever you want to call it. Like there is definitely something out there that's bigger than us. Right. And we can all come to that common ground. So anyways. Yeah. And I, it, I'm giggle so much when people are like, so divorcing of astrology from um, religion and Christianity, because you literally calculate when Easter is every year based right. on the lunar cycle. Right. Um, there is astrology all up in the Bible when you're actually paying yeah. attention to what they're saying, because that's how they had timekeeping. Like astrology well predates Jesus and right. Christianity. And until, you know, more of recent history than not, um, all priests were astrologers. They were the same. And they were using astrology to track when holidays were, yeah. when occurrences were happening within religion. And so, yeah, it just makes me giggle. And I'm like, that's you do you. you, do you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love the history of that. Yeah, too, so. absolutely. Well, I know I could go so many different directions right now (laughs) because I have so many different questions too, just about like when you tapped into being divorced in your early twenties, I know Mm. this is a really interesting pivot. So I'm just going to, I'm going to go for it. Hard, hard left turn, but, um, you know, being divorced in your twenties and then now dating in your thirties, like talk to us about how you know, that's kind of attributed to the way that you live your life, because Mm -hmm. I know that there is, um, a lot of independence that comes from you. And Mm so talk to us a little bit about that. You can take it whatever way you want to take it. Okay. Yeah. That (laughs) feels real broad. It's Um, very broad. So yeah, I did like the married thing in my twenties. And so it was interesting because I did get divorced, um, in my Saturn return. I think I was 29, maybe when I separated, I'm trying to remember. No, 28, 28. And so I almost like smashed all of my twenties into like two and a half, three years of just a wild ride of dating (laughs) right when I entered my thirties and it was great. It was fun. Um, loved it. I have Jupiter in my fifth house, um, in Aries for my astrology buffs. So that means I may or may not have a tendency to turn them and burn them in a real fun way when it comes to dating. (laughs) Um, is what it is. Sorry, dudes of Dallas, but yeah. So I had a couple of years in there when I was just having fun and it was all at the same time of figuring out who I was. So it felt really fun to me to be able to experiment in a, who would I even, who who am I attracted to? Who do I like talking to? What kind of conversations do I like to have in the dating world? And so it was very sort of 
um, an evolution of myself through experiences in all ways, including the dating world. Yeah. And I, you know, I did the kind of prescribed life choice thing in my twenties growing up in the South in North Carolina, where you go to college, you meet your future husband, you get engaged right out of college, you get married in your mid twenties and you do your married thing. Um, I knew from earlier on in my twenties, I didn't want to have children. And so that thankfully made things a lot easier when separating and divorcing from my you know, ex-husband. And, um, so that kind of gave me this okay, we're hitting the reset button on life in so many ways, right before my thirties. And I think it was a time when I had just moved to Dallas when everything fell apart. So it was also sort of a new city, new experience. And I think that was a great time too, for me to say, okay, who do I want to be? Because Mm -hmm. nobody knows me here. Like I didn't have a single friend that lived in Dallas when I moved here. And so it was one of those like, oh my gosh, get to reinvent myself. What does this even look like? And which can be so fun. It was, it's been fun. And it was very freeing to be able to come to this place and make those choices from who do I want to be? Not who do people expect me to be? Yeah. And um, that was really wonderful. It's been really beautiful. And it gave me a lot of, um, a lot of that independence perspective. Mm -hmm. It's um, independence is a word I would attribute to Uranus. Um, Again, I live with that on my ascendant. It's a very tight conjunction. So a lot of my um, tendencies and kind of how I'm seen in the world and move through the world as my initial, you know, inclination is in a very, what am I going to do in an independent way? Um, and also I have all of the water in my chart with cancer (laughs) and Pisces. So I'm also very much, um, an attachment person when it comes to friendships and relationships and that sort of thing. I thankfully feel like I have a good balance, but there was a lot of an acceptance of you're going to be seen as unique in the way that you live in your life. And seeing that, accepting that, and knowing that that was just how I'm going to roll. Um, I know that there's not visual on this podcast, but I have purple hair. Um, I've had purple hair for like six years. And so for me, I like during the pandemic, it faded out to blonde because, you know, pandemic times we were all sequestered. Um, and it was weird. And even my friends were like, this is not, I don't like this <laughs> because for me, my purple hair, it's my natural purple at this point. And it just feels more me to be that unique presence, even on the appearance level of the ascendant point, as much as it is the way that I move through the world. So yeah, you yeah. even tried, there was a point in there when you tried blonde and you're like, oh my God, I don't feel like no, myself. I didn't. It was weird. <laughs> and I think it will, cause frame of reference, when did you move to Dallas? How many years ago? Um, it's been eight years, eight, eight and a half years. So you started, you're like building who you were for the first two mm-hmm. years without the purple. What without inspired the purple? The purple? Honestly, it was kind of an accident. Shout out to Morgan, my girl, love you, um, <laughs> who moved to Seattle. If you're in the Seattle area, look her up. She's great. Um, I was always blonde. I was like, always very much like, I'm only going to be blonde. Give me the highlights and then tone it out, like whatever. And she overtoned me one day and it ended up this like lavender silver color. And it was almost this like, oh my gosh moment. I love this. Like, like, I really kind of love this. And the next time I went back, I was like, let's do it again. Let's do it more purple. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I've been purple for six years. So, and I do love when the purple like atten- intensifies and just slowly <laughs> starts to like do it. Like you've just got Beacon. so much time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like um, um, inside out where they like, yeah. 
sigh when they're mm-hmm. feeling emotion and then like simmer when they're not as like intense. I don't know. Yeah. I do love it. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, it does like what you just described was you kind of revealing your genuine self to the world and understanding that you were going to take up this unique presence. But I am curious, like if it has been difficult for you to just kind of be that unique character. Um, yes, because I live in the world (laughs) and it, yes and no. I think it's been, like I mentioned earlier, I had to come out as woo to my parents and I live in Dallas, which tends to be a more progressive pocket of Texas, but I still live in Texas. And so there's a lot of looks I get with purple hair. Um, when you meet people, it's so funny. I'll give this example sometimes where you meet people in the world and, um, in astrology, we attribute the 10th house of astrology with our career where historical astrology, 4,000 years of astrology, that was our reputation in our community. But because of the world we live in, the first mm-hmm. thing out of your mouth is hi, I'm jealous. Here's my profession. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that recognition and our reputation is now so closely tied to how do you make money? What do you do for work? So now people will go up to me like, Hey, you know, I'm whatever networking. And I'm like, Hey, I'm Chelsea. I'm an astrologer and tarot reader. And then you see the look <laughs> they're like, okay. And it's either this look of like, Oh, I can't talk to you. Double stuff. Hello. I live in Texas. Or it's this look of, I don't know what that means. And you just <laughs> kind of get like a glazed over smile and then they slowly move along. And it's something that I had recognized well in my twenties because I worked in retail for um, a lot of my career. And so depending on the room that I was in and how cheeky I was feeling that day, I would say, instead of the like career, like true leadership roles that I had and kind of describing those things, I would just say, Hey, I'm Chelsea. And I work at the mall (laughs) and uh, Cammy laughs because she knows the, um, the (laughs) amount of responsibility that was insanely huge that I carried in my corporate career. And so for me to just say, Hey, I'm Chelsea. I work at the mall is like, well, belittling what I did, but But also so funny because (laughs) like people would literally think like, Oh, you work there. Oh, you're at the mall all the time. And it's anyways, yeah. it, it was frustrating, but to embrace it is another. Yeah. That so I love. It, you can tell when you walk into a room and people are, you know, if you don't say that you are one of like the top five professions that garner attention and recognition, then they don't have time for you. So that my response would be, hi, I'm Chelsea. I work at the mall. <laughs> so I kind of embraced, embraced that early on of knowing that I didn't care really about the general perception that I was giving off um, in some of those sort of ways. I certainly do in a, am I doing good in the world? Am I showing up as who I am as a genuine person? Am I, you know, moving and shaking in the world in a way that aligns with my beliefs, my values, my traditions, my background, like that kind of thing. Um, But on that level, it didn't. And so I think kind of always having that little bit of, you know, cheeky attitude towards that has helped now that I am so fully immersed in this being who I am and the not so normie kind of lifestyle, life choices. Um, I think that always, yeah, I've always kind of had that perception and I credit one of my grandmothers who has now passed for Um, A lot of that tongue in cheek sort of, I know who I am. I'm very unapologetic about it. And I'm just going to kind of have fun with it sort of attitude. Do you think it's kind of sounds like laughing at yourself is really important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. To live 
yeah. especially to you to yeah. living in this world what what would you do you attribute uh, that to some of your genuinity uh, too absolutely there's a reason my brand is called this woo stuff <laughs> like you can't take yourself too seriously and so there's a little bit of that you know that's another thing where I tell people I'm an astrologer and tarot reader and they'll say oh that woo-woo you know, oh, that woo-woo stuff in sort of a like dismissive kind of way. And I took that and turned it on its head. And I'm like, yeah, that's my brand. That's what I do. (laughs) So yes, I do think that there's this, you can't take yourself too seriously. Um, We're doing this human thing and it's tough. And if you can create the levity where you can do it, um, I think that there's a high level of responsibility in what I do of being mindful of the work, um, being able to bring really tough conversations, really tough topics, really hard, um, things to the table when it comes to readings, but also interspersing some of that levity to it. Um, you gotta have that balance for me anyway, for sure. Yeah. I I love that. And anyone I've known that studied tarot and or astrology has been one of the wisest people I've ever met. Mm. What the hell? <laughs> like, what, like, what do you do? How do you get that? How, how much does it take to study? What's the depth of that look like? How difficult is it? You know, you're, you're spouting off this language as you call it just so intelligently. And, and it's, it's almost like it's, it's given you a comprehensive view of people and the world. And mm. I think a lot of people need that. You know, it's just too anxiety inducing to be like, who am I interacting with right now? Um, So with that too, if you do want to continue on the depth of that, I am curious if you just interact with someone, can you start to sense, even if you're not actually getting all the information verbally, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. So I will, I'll start with that because it's funny in the dating world. um, I can't not like make us guesses basically so many times it'll pop in my head and I'll be like, Oh, I bet your Mercury's in Gemini or it'll pop in my head. of like, Oh, I bet your Venus is here. Or you have Pluto talking to your Venus or like situations like that, where it's hard for me, especially when I first meet someone to not think in astrology of, Oh, I'm going to guess that you have this placement or you have this aspect in your chart. So yes, I do that all the time. Um, it's not really something to me though, where people will be like, guess my sign. I'm like, bitch, I don't know. Like, I don't know you, (laughs) but if I can have a little bit of a, you know, give me like 30 minutes with you. And I'm going to have a couple guesses about certain planets and placements. What your sun sign is honestly, like, I know that's the one thing about astrology. Everybody knows that's one of like the least exciting things to me because you share that with like a billion people. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, it's more getting in on the nitty gritty. Um, but yeah, especially in the dating world in this last year, um, it's been really interesting to kind of be on a date and be like, oh, I bet you have this placement. Um, <laughs> but that's also something where as a professional astrologer, I don't ask for their chart or their birth time because you're giving me a cheat sheet to who you are, your past, your traumas, your perception of the world, like all these things. And I want the you know guy in front of me to be able to show me who they are in the way and the timeline that they want to be able to do that. So um, yeah. I don't know, little hot aside on how I'm dating <laughs> or not dating at the moment, but like, we'll be again soon. Maybe we'll see. Um, so the learning of things, um, I will preface this by saying I am not the usual case. 
Um, it took me a while to reconcile how quickly and easily I learned astrology with the depth of knowledge and understanding that I have. Um, and so I am self-taught. I've certainly taken classes along the way, um, but I have read so many books. I've also listened to all 300 and some change, um, multi-hour long podcast episodes of the Astrology Podcast by Chris Brennan. Um, I think that so many of the astrologers that came around in the last like 10 years and time will attribute a lot of their practice and learning to that podcast. Um, it's like the longest running, most comprehensive, and it's incredible. Check it out. Um, but I also have learned by a lot of reading, um, and a lot of learning how to read astrology is doing it. It's a lot of, Hey friends, let me get your birth time. Let's practice because I know you. And mm -hmm. so I can kind of piece it together a little more easily. And then it's reading hundreds of charts across several years to kind of get into that practice. Um, I started out by saying I'm not the usual. So I did, um, before I started listening to like the podcast about it, that kind of world, I picked up a couple of books to really get a foundational understanding. And I started reading charts within less than a month. It was kind of a couple of weeks. Um, that's very much not the usual. Um, and it, I felt a significant amount of imposter syndrome for a very long time about that because there are many astrologers. And even I would say at this point where you have to caution about, um, reading for other people in any sort of professional sense, if you don't have a good depth of understanding, because you can do harm in this role, there is a sense of needing to be professional about what you're sharing and how you're approaching it and how you're giving this information, um, as well as having like the actual understanding of technical astrology. And so I had a really hard time with that. And then I'm going to get real woo. And I had an Akashic records reading with someone um, in the last few years. And that was one of the things that I brought up in Akashic records reading in a nutshell is basically speaking to the universe directly um, and channeling the information back from the universe. And so I told you I was going to get real woo. And in this reading, I shared the imposter syndrome. And the first thing out of their mouth that they said to me is, Chelsea, you have been an astrologer in so many lifetimes, I can't even count. And as soon as that settled into me in a mental, emotional, like physical body kind of way, I felt so much more settled because I knew that the way that I had described astrology early on is that it felt like that language you learned in high school, but you didn't speak it for a couple of years. So once you picked it back up and you were speaking it a little bit more, it all came rushing back to you. That's how astrology felt for me. Mm, and so, so it weird. felt like this language, yeah, right? It's so weird. And so that's how it always felt to me. And I like, didn't understand that necessarily. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, again, not the usual case to be able to read charts in a couple of weeks, but I have since continued my learning always. And that's one of the things that I think I love so much about the woo space is there is an unlimited amount of things you can learn, whether you're working backward in time and looking through history of astrology, whether you're forecasting and looking forward, whether you're kind of sitting with the present and what information is available now. Um, I am a Sagittarius rising with a lot of placements that tie back to Jupiter. And so a lot of what drives me in my life is learning and growing and continuing my understanding. I have a Mars in the ninth house. I have Jupiter in interaction with a couple of different planets and it's also my chart ruler. There's a little snippet of astrology for you for those that understand. So, um, yeah, it's something that 
I love that. Like I will always have more to learn. Yeah. Well, I think if we can tap into some of you just spouted so much and it's all such good (laughs) information. Um, but if we could tap into like our kind of aim here for what makes a genuine person Mm -hmm. and what, you know, kind of your vantage point on some of that, I think there's a lot to dig in there of, especially the last point you made of learning. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, what are your thoughts on kind of some of that of, of does learning play into the genuine spirit that you have and why people gravitate toward you, towards you? Is there, are there other things that play into that? Um, how, I know you'd probably say how you got there is because that's who you are, but if there's something from your past that kind of taught you that, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of what can you pinpoint that and tell us a little bit about that too? Yeah, I think, um, tying into the larger question of like, what makes you genuine, that sort of thing. That's one of the ways that I approach my practice is understanding that we are all incredibly individual while also having this shared human experience. And if your astrology birth chart is the roadmap of your life that follows you for your entire life in all of its facets, why would you not do your darndest to tap into that in a very genuine way to be genuinely who you are, according to this roadmap, according to this birth chart. So that's how I approach readings. That's how I approach myself in my astrological practice, but also how I encourage my clients, the people that see me is here's the way that you have been expected to move in the world. Here's the way society says you should Mm -hmm. move in the world. But let me tell you, here's your birth chart and that shit ain't it. And so we unpack like, okay, this is what you're doing now. But what your chart actually says is this is how you would actually resonate most with this part of your life, how you could approach dating in a way that feels more comfortable and genuine for you, how you can approach your family ties in a way that makes sense with your chart. So that's the genuine, like, how do I human in my own personal way? That's very individual to me. That's like the premise of my business. And so that very broad question, like resonates so hard for me because I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. I'm so excited to do that all the time. It's like permissioning of people to see who they are and understand who they are and understand that it might look different from everybody else, but that is beautiful. Right. Well, Um, I guess more so along the lines of like, okay, let's go back when you were starting fresh in Dallas mm. and you were thinking about the person that you're going to present to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, did you learn something through that of genuinity or oh, yeah. like what I think are, there's just so much that Gail and I talk about a lot of the time. It's like, man, when I was this age, I was <laughs> doing so many strange things that like presented a certain persona of myself and I'm not that person anymore, but I'm glad I went through that to be able to get me here. And here's what I learned. And oh my gosh, if I hadn't done that, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the person I am today or, yeah. or I can distinctly look back and say, man, those actions really led me to X, I, and Z mm-hmm. or whatever. You get the point. I do. Okay. So I always going to start with Wu. Um, for those who follow it, um, in human design, I'm a one, three projector for those astrological. I am, um, substantially a mixture of mutable and cardinal signs. 
So all of that in layman's terms means for me, a lot of my drive is I want to experience the breadth of experiences through trial and error and then make my choices and move from there. So a lot of that handful of years um, after moving to Dallas was a huge experiment of let me do this thing. I didn't like it. Cool. I'll learn from that. (laughs) Let me do this thing. Oh, that was actually pretty awesome. Or, oh, I got to have this experience. That was really cool. Let me do more things like that. So I'm very much a trial and error kind of gal um, inherently in who I am for those astrological and human design reasons I just mentioned. Um, And so, yeah, through that time, it was very much a huge trial and error learning process of how I'm approaching work, how I'm approaching dating, how I'm approaching friends, how I'm approaching the experiences I have in the world. Like there was so much of that that was, yeah, just let me do it. Okay. I hated it. Great. Now I know. (laughs) Yeah. And that was important for me. Not everybody learns that way. Not everybody enjoys that, but that is what I enjoyed. So it was, um, I'll give an example, a handful of years ago, even more than a handful time isn't real. It's hard, you know, (laughs) um, I, my new year's resolution was to, um, say yes to any experience concerts, whatever, as long as the ticket price was less than 50 bucks. So I did a shit ton of things that year that were real random, but it was so much fun to experience that. Even the things that like, I didn't have the greatest time at, you know what it was, I could afford the ticket price. I had the experience onto the next. Now I know I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. So that's always kind of been me, even before I knew that lived in my chart and lived in my astrology. That's always been kind of my MO is okay. Yeah. I'm just going to say yes to the experience and see what happens. Yeah. Well, and I think when you, cause I, when I did my like year interview and birth chart and everything with you. It was so funny because I think the biggest thing that I loved is it reaffirmed that I am the way that I am for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like, when I asked that question of you, it's like, I think a lot of people out there don't know that they are the way they are and they're experimenting the way they're experimenting or being a recluse the way that they are, because Mm -hmm. that's just how they're built. And Mm -hmm. like, I think so much of this world is very much built off of the shoulds and shouldn'ts of life and what society thinks and what social media is telling us and all this stuff. And when you don't feel like doing that, it's like, well, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And it's not a fair look at what you want to do. And I think Mm. there's a big movement, big conversation around boundaries and what they should look like for you. And, um, you know, what you need to do for your sanity and not necessarily basing that on all these other things. So the reason why a big thing of like, why I asked that, and I'm glad you pointed out that like at the time I didn't know that about myself. Um, I just did it. And it was just who I was. And then when I looked at all the things, it just made so much sense. And I can attest to that with human design and with astrology, 100% is like, oh my gosh, it just like, it, it is, it just is. And like, I think that is such a powerful tool. Okay, great. Those things that just are, I'm no longer going to try to fix those parts of me or try to acclimate to someone else's way of doing things because Mm -hmm. they're successful. No, that person's successful because they're tapping into their part of them that is Mm -hmm. real. And I think that that can actually play a role in genuinity of like, Hey, let's all just figure out who we are outside of all the minutia that is 
out there, right? Like I can genuinely look at my human design and be like, well, I need X, Y, and Z in order to just survive my day. (laughs) And that is me. And that's the energy also that I put out in the world too. And my generator self will 100% here, (laughs) sit here and tell you, if I was not enjoying this conversation, I am not going to present a happy front. Like, and no, Mm -hmm. like people feed off of my energy and feed off of what I do. So Mm -hmm. I think that there's just so much of it. Some people could see like who are not generators can look at that and see it say, well, that's a lot of pressure. Mm But for someone who just genuinely, like literally ebbs and flows with what's currently in front of them, it's not a lot of pressure. It's, it's seriously how I tap into me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I'm not having fun, I, I bow out. Like it just, mm-hmm. it's the greatest sign that you got to go home mm-hmm. and like, as your projector friend <laughs> who feeds off of your energy, love that about you because you do have good boundaries <laughs> and you're going to be the one that's like, I'm out, I'm not doing it. And then I'm like, okay, as a projector, let's think about some ideas on either how we can change this yeah. situation for us both or how we can tap out and be on to the next. Yeah. So I love that. Yes. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's like, I think the greatest example I have is like, okay, girls night out. Okay. Mm-hmm. They start out really fun. We're at dinner. We then like maybe go dancing or something. And then it hits a point where you're mm-hmm. like, especially if I'm not, I mean, I used to drink all the time. Now I don't. And like, I have, I just have limits. Whereas mm-hmm. before I would be the last one to go home and be like, why is everyone leaving? <laughs> and so, but I needed alcohol in order to get there. And like, now I'm like, I'm sober as bird, but I'm having a great time. And then I hit my like 12 AM wall and I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, peace out. Oh, like I'm I just Cinderella can't. all the time. Yeah. Midnight pumpkin. I'm in bed. Yeah. 100%. So there are just things like that where I so appreciate like I don't have to try to fake it till I make it in that situation. Cause I know that like, not only me not having fun is not fun for me, but it's also not fun for the people around me. Like they are like, Oh wow. This just went down 10 levels. <laughs> like I can feel it. And so like, it's not pressure. It's just like a confirmation. So anyways, I, all of that really helped in that sense, if you will, of exactly what you're saying. And just like, okay, yeah. Like, no, get to know yourself a little more with the tools that were provided. Cause it all makes sense. Like, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is you're not trying to predict the future. You're not trying to, um, tell someone who they are. You're trying to help someone understand who they are. Yeah. A lot of times I will say, um, a lot of my readings are validation for your lived experience Yeah, there you go. and kind of being able to hear that from outside of yourself is really powerful. Yeah. Um, I will also say all the time that I am not a fortune teller. I'm future focused. So I'm going to give you a lot of the energies that you're going to be working with based on the astrology or in a tarot reading, but I will tell clients all the time. We have free will. You can get up from my table and be like, well, fuck that shit. I'm not listening <laughs> to that Chelsea girl and I'm not taking her advice. And you know what? That is your free will and you do you. Yeah. It feels like therapy, honestly, when it happens. I hear that a lot. <laughs> and I, yeah. Pre- prepare yourself. If you ever want to do that, like 90, was it 90 minute reading that you have? Um, yeah. It's hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. The year ahead. That was intense and like it's birth chart in your head and what I can what I can say is I decided to go to work after and it was a bad choice (laughs) um and I just like take some time to sit with it because I also think that there's a lot 
there's just a lot with the birth chart that like mm-hmm. gets you in your feels and thinking. But what I will say too, and maybe this is, you can maybe explain this a little more because I think in your readings, you give a lot of dates and mm-hmm. time frames based on what's going on with the transition of the planets mm-hmm. and all these different things. And those dates and time frames are going to be similar for everyone, but what how it affects you is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is generalities in the sense of like, okay, this would would be what what would affect you and how it's going to affect you based on your chart it to me like knowing all the astrology is wonderful and great but if it doesn't give you anything to actually do with it then is it really that helpful so in a lot of birth chart readings yeah it's validation for who you are that sort of thing but in a reading where we're talking about the upcoming transits so the upcoming movement of the planets I'm going to do what I can to help prepare you for the energies that you are going to be experiencing, whether, mm-hmm. you know, positive, negative, all the things in between, like, it, wouldn't it be mm-hmm. nice to kind of know that this is around what you're going to experience yeah. and then you get to make your choices from there. Yeah. I, uh, I subscribe a lot to the psychology, like the personality psychology literature and like the psychoanalyst work and like the shadow self and those kinds of things. And there, there's a lot of overlap and they say, you know, evolutionary psychology as well. And even the evolution of religion, which like you said, has a lot, it it builds on the shoulders of giants. And one of those biggest giants is astrology. And like you said, it's lettered even throughout the Bible, but regardless, um, I, I also subscribe to the idea that it doesn't matter where the people in the room are from and what their value system is. Everyone has something to teach you. And if you get a sense about character and spirit and wisdom from somebody and you write them off because they believe in something that, you know, like, for example, with your mom spitting out Bible verses, you know, it's because something scared her and maybe was challenging her beliefs. And that's so that's so this is just a universal human experience we're always like that when someone's like saying something you're like I don't know how that fits into my belief system and belief is what keeps us from the chaos like you know the, the vacuum to like consume us so anyways all of that to say I like I said some of the wisest people I've known have been astrologists or or at least people that subscribe to like they do regular readings for themselves even if they don't give it to others what is the, just out of curiosity sake, because I do like steel manning sides, right? What is the best critique you've heard and what's your defense for it? Ooh, like from someone I've given a reading to? Or a, a best, yeah, in, whatever to astrology in general. Um, oh. and like you said, it's not a yeah. belief system, but yeah. people will still critique it as it is, right. you know? Yeah. Um, most of the time, exactly as you mentioned, like it's something they don't understand. So it's scary. Um, or it's something where they feel like they're giving away their power to planets in the sky and it removes some of their sense of agency. Mm. And that really is kind of a lot of it is either it's conflicting beliefs for removing that sense of agency or removing the like higher power who they feel like is actually in charge of things like more of that sort of perception. Um, and that's usually the most common critique generally with astrology and tarot. Um, and with astrology, the way that I kind of, um, I don't know, combat that, what have you, is that some people certainly have astrology as a belief system. That's not how I use it. That's not how 
many astrologers use it. Um, the way that we approach it and how we learn astrology, how we got there with what planet means this, what zodiac sign mm-hmm. means this is pattern recognition. It's 4,000 years of human records of seeing when Mars is at this point in the sky, this is what tends to happen People across 4,000 years. I mean, yeah, that's Mars. That's also a lot of this week's astrology and last week's astrology. So like just hang in there. Um, but yeah, so it's pattern recognition. And that's one of the things um, that can kind of boil it down for those who are like so far into the, this removes my sense of agency, my sense of will. And recognizing it just as pattern recognition of, okay, during this period of time when Saturn is in this sign, these type of things tend to happen. So that's also how we do the future focused part of astrology is it's looking back to be able to look forward and see what's likely to occur based on what's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Does that make sense? Kind of what I'm saying. Okay. So that's really the main critique I would say that is received and how I usually go about um, giving an explanation, but I'm also the first one to be like, okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't need the validation to know what I do is powerful. Um, when I see that constantly in client work. So I'm kind of like, okay, cool. See ya. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into a little bit of what you said earlier. Uh, you talked about how, when you went and got that one reading, I'm going to butcher the name. So I'm not even going to try of like, she, she told you that you lived this life mm-hmm. as an astrologer many times. Right. So talk to me about multiple lives. Like I, yeah. I, we've been reading a lot of books recently that kind of talk about some of that stuff. They're all fantasy, but it does get you thinking of like, man, have I, like deja vu, all that mm, kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, do you, what are your thoughts and, you know, yeah. any beliefs? Like, do you believe that? And then obviously you do, but then, <laughs> but then also like, why I want to understand. Yeah. So, um, I do, I do subscribe to multiple lifetimes. I think that there is, uh, so much now recorded evidence of this. Mm. Um, if you want to go down the rabbit holes, um, that there is so much, um, now coming out in studies of kids, who are under the age of five, under the age of seven, and are having like very real, very detailed recall of their previous lifetimes with such specificity that like it's, that can't be explained. Um, and so there's that because as much as I am a woo woo girl, um, I came to science first, um, and have always loved, um, especially anatomy, human physiology, that kind of science. Um, but anyway, So with past lives, I think there's something there. I think there's way too many organized religions in this world that subscribe to it wholeheartedly for it to not be a thing. Mm -hmm. And for that to not be a thing that I grew up with is, um, you know, normal in this American world that I am in, but for so much of the rest of the world, that's so normal for you to say a past life. And so it feels weird to us because where we are, but for the rest of the, you know, planet, Um, it's very usual. And so I think for me, there have been, um, experiences in my life. I took a trip to Italy, to Rome and 
when I hit the top of Palatine Hill and visiting the Coliseum and the Rowan Forum, I literally dropped and bawled my eyes out because I had such this insane sense of, I have been here. I have lived here. I've had experiences here in like a very visceral body reaction. And the person that I was with at the time was very understanding of like, I don't know why you're crying right now. Um, which was thankful. Great. You know, but it was insane. And so that's really the most prevalent experience I have had of something like that. But I also, know that there's just things that I know, and I don't know how I know them. And whether that is that connection to the energy that I'm feeling, or whether that's something that I've picked up on, on a past life. I don't know. Um, from an astrological perspective, there is a version of astrology called evolutionary astrology, where it subscribes to the past life, present and future lifetimes. And we use a point in astrology called the lunar nodes, which are not a thing in the sky and space, but they're a mathematical calculation in your chart based on the moon. Um, that's actually how we tell where eclipses are happening in the zodiac signs. And um, that speaks to the South node of our past lifetimes and the things that we come in really comfortable and really able to do in this world in this lifetime. And then the North node on the flip side is our challenges, our lessons in this lifetime where we're here to grow. And so a lot of times when I see the South node, I know in your chart, those are things that you already know. You're going to be real comfortable with that. You're going to know how to navigate those situations, know how to do some of those skills and tasks. Whereas the North node is where you're learning. And it's funny because you might end up in a lot of jobs that have to do with that North node point, because it's stuff that you're meant to learn in this Mm. life. So that's like a little nutshell of it. Um, We could talk about it all day. There's so many theories. It's wild. (laughs) I... I, yes, I'm partially shook, but at the same time, like, I'm just want to like reevaluate, like, I wish I could have a fly on the wall and just reevaluate my whole life to understand if that is something that's been prevalent. But I do think that there, I don't know. I want to know, I guess that could take me down a whole another rabbit hole too of like, and granted probably one day when I get to heaven I that's what I would ask God is definitely very much in that sense that's my vantage point of what I would do but um like I want to I want to know the purpose like why are we Mm -hmm. living multiple lives like why are we and I'll leave this as a standing question we don't have to answer it but I do and maybe if you know the answer great shout it out but I do want to know the purpose because everything that we've been taught for the majority of our lives is when you die, you go to heaven and like, mm-hmm. you get to spend the rest of eternity with God. Right. And so to me, then what that would signal to me based on what I know, and I don't know everything would be that then we're reliving and doing multiple things in more of like a purgatory type setting, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but I also could take it and think of it as, wow, we just have a greater purpose and we're continuing to live out that purpose. Um, but and like God still needs us, but within a different time frame, maybe I don't know. Like, and maybe there's gaps. To me, that's maybe the I magic. lived 800 eight, in the 1800s sure. or something, and then there's a big long gap. And I mm-hmm. he's like, Your turn, come on, go back. And like, who knows? Like, we're never yeah. really gonna know exactly. You asked an unanswerable question, those are my favorite, but there's also the answer is whatever you decide to believe and what is personal for you. Yeah. 
Um, I don't, that's magic to me. Like I always say that science mm. is our cute human attempt to try to describe magic. <laughs> and that's kind of how that feels to me. Of yeah. like, I don't know. I'm not going to know until after I'm gone from this current lifetime. So right. like, maybe I'll see you in the next and we'll talk about it. But other than that, I don't know what to tell you. Who knows? That's great. I love that. So I think that might be a good place to kind of chop it because we yeah. could definitely get more into the expertise and the depths and the science of it wow. uh, next time. What do you think? Or Cammy, sorry, I think you had more questions. No, those are it. But I okay. do. I'm curious if you have any like rapid fires where she could answer in one sentence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's give it a try. Uh, you could take as long as you need to think or answer. But um and some, some of these answers will end up being, you know, a probing conversation and that's okay, yeah. but try as much as you can to retrieve an answer and, you know, don't worry about the silence. Who do you admire? Dolly Parton. Easy. Why? I grew up in rural Appalachia for uh, the first 10 years of my life and Dolly and Dolly, we trust in that part of the country. She <laughs> is an incredible philanthropist. And before I was aware of her music, I knew her in philanthropy. I was a recipient of the Imagination Library, her incredible nonprofit that provides books to kids in need. Um, and so, yeah, easy answer, Dolly. What's your favorite book? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a few. So Harry Potter always, fuck JK Rowling, but I can't help it. Um, loving everything Sarah J Moss, supernatural smut is my go-to. So love her. And, um, one of my all-time favorite books of depth is the education of little tree. Um, it is also set in rural Appalachia, but it follows the, um, navigation of somebody who is indigenous to America and having their culture stripped from them purposely by colonizers. Um, but it's told in an incredibly beautiful way. So the education of little tree, I would say is one of my faves. Mm -hmm. What do you admire most about yourself? Ooh. That's hard. I think I admire how I try and approach everything with care and compassion. And whether that's relationships, whether that is self-compassion, which can be almost harder. Mm -hmm. um, but I try and approach everything in my life with understanding, compassion, and care, and then move from there. Last one. If there is any line or quote or piece of advice that you found helpful and also give to others or would want to give to others, what would that be? I have a lot of those. <laughs> Give them. Um, do no harm, take no shit. Um, strong beliefs loosely held is one of my favorites. Leaving room for different understanding. Um, don't should all over yourself. Uh, yeah, I think those are some of the big ones, but all good. Yeah. They're all stuff that I say all the time. My favorite is don't shit all over yourself. I know. I say don't shit all over yourself to clients constantly because that's so much of what we unpack. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think those are some of my faves. Anything else you want to end on? Uh, I don't think so. I can give like a five second promo of where to find me. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Perfect. 
Um, so I am an astrologer and tarot reader. I know I dropped human design a little bit. I don't currently offer those readings, but if you book a reading with me of any kind, I will usually use all of the tools in my tool belt. You can find me at www.thiswooostuff.com, uh, T-H-I-S-W-O-O-W-O-O-Stuff.com. Um, I do events around town in Dallas, Texas. I hold virtual appointments all the time. And I also have a weekly podcast of my own called Weekly Woo with Chels that gives you the astrology forecast for the week ahead. And that's on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Yay. Thank you so much, Chelsea. It's been Yay. such a pleasure. Thank you. I know this has been really fun. Oh, no. I so love it. Like Definitely. my podcast, I'm just like spouting off the stuff. This is great. <laughs> just, like, have a conversation. Yeah, good. Well, so glad everyone can join us for this. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Oh, yay. Hey, subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. Find us on Instagram, The Genuine Gals. Our website is thegenuinegals.com. We'd love to hear from you guys on, on what you think and honestly, what else you'd like to hear us talk about. So we'll catch you next week.